Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Just pick it up wherever. <laughs> we'll just start at the end. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I think that was the way that we started our first episode. At the end? Oh, with Endgame. With Endgame. Aww. That's right. And how far we've come. Yeah. Still talking still about Marvel. Talking about these movies that still keep getting made. Dude, we'll never get away from them. No, we won't. Um, and what's annoying is I made a vow <laughs> to almost never pay for an MCU movie ticket again. Uh, no Way Home. I broke that. But the thing that sucks is I have Disney Plus because somebody else I know pays for it. Nice. Uh, You're not going to say who? No, I'm not going to say who. Well, I we technically, a bunch of us all bought into it as a group yeah uh for like an insane deal and i think we still have it for another year so what sucks is i have no excuse not to watch these movies because i can watch them yeah. for free. they're so. there yeah well not for free but yeah yes already, uh, an expense that's already been accounted for correct that cost me maybe five dollars for two years so yeah that's not bad no it's all right i yeah i'd watch yeah. eternals for five dollars i guess yeah you did i did that's true so here we are. Here we are, uh, talking about Kevin Feige's, Disney's, Marvel's, the Paisanos. The, the Paisanos from space. <laughs> um, Not a lot of Paisanos in this movie. No, there was a lot of representation across the board. No Italians. Yeah, it's okay. You, yeah. you guys will, you'll have your day. Like, sure, Scorsese is our champion, right? Yeah. where's where's the italian superhero i i feel like italians just don't get the love that they deserve in cinema there are no movies about italians none none whatsoever certainly none about italians in capes no what would if marvel so if marvel <laughs> comics years ago had an italian superhero like captain italian <laughs> what would, the, the great paisano the great paisano what would his power be meatballs meatballs dude he turns yeah. people into meatballs i was thinking he like slings meatballs just oh wow from his he, wrist or whatever he fires cannolis out of a cannon yeah <laughs> captain cannoli captain cannoli it writes itself the see yeah, i would watch a that. team of america of italian american uh superheroes dude it's just called the mob <laughs> <laughs> it's goodfellas it's goodfellas yeah marvel's it's, goodfellas they're gonna they're right the spider-man 4 or matt marvel's matt multiverse of madness whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> is gonna uh, a, a, a portal's gonna open and ray liotta <laughs> <laughs> and goodfellas is going to be grandfathered into yeah. the mcu joe pesci walks through first well i thought yeah. he died <laughs> hey i'm on your left over here <laughs> on your freaking left guy freaking left watch out what's the matter for you hey what are you walking here brooklyn or so- where are you from kid queens brooklyn it writes itself it's amazing yeah uh steve uh, yeah. okay that's so- great yeah <laughs> So the Eternals. I'd rather talk more about this than the Eternals. Yeah, I as we often do with films we don't really yeah. want to discuss. Uh, we go off on a multi-minute tangent at the beginning. Yeah, multi-minute, uh, dude. The multi-minutes of madness. Yeah. Um. So, Raph, you saw this film in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be a tough one for me because mm-hmm. I saw this like two or three months ago. Whenever it first came out in theaters um i had some time off work and i was like you know what 
may as well hit the Alamo Draft House for a for a nooner showing of Eternals because got nothing better to do. Um, but you just watched this today. I You're did. Like fresh yes. off of viewing. Uh, yes, I was. I had no desire to watch it. Uh, but here we are. I watched it yeah. and, and now we're talking about it. Um, and to be honest, I'm kind of glad that I did. Yeah. You know, so, so am I not so much glad that you watched it, but <laughs> I'm glad that I've seen this movie. Yes. Um, I think part of why, why I saw it when I saw it, besides just like having free time, um, there was an interesting discourse on the interwebs about this film and kind of where it stands in relation to other Marvel movies. Uh, A lot of people, at least on the internet and I think even within like the Rotten Tomato community, um, don't really dig this movie. There was a lot of negative feedback, like a lot of criticism for this movie. Um, so it was one of those situations where it's like, well, I got to play contrarian and like go see this movie and figure out reasons to like it. Um, and I sat down and watched it and I actually did kind of enjoy it. Um, I think a lot of the criticism, while I understand it, um, I think it's a little bit misguided. Uh, so I I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way, but maybe we'll clear some of that stuff. So, yes, I, I, I do feel the same way. And as I said, right before we, we started recording, I, I briefly looked at your letterbox review and I think I echo your sentiments. Um, I think that, and, and this is why I think that a lot of people don't like it. Um, I think that its greatest strength is that it is so weird. Like it is a weird superhero movie yeah. And it is so different from all of the other Marvel stuff in a number of I ways. I think that's the thing. I think it's it's not really a Marvel movie. Yeah. And if you go in expecting Captain America 4, where it's just like a continuation of other you know stories that you've seen or whatever, um, if that's what you're expecting, then you're not going to enjoy this. But to like watch this as just a, a standalone movie, which is like a, a weird concept. Like imagine just watching a movie and, and digesting it as a standalone film. Um, bizarre concept in today's day and age. Um, but if you do that, there's like a lot to enjoy. You can still, there's still areas of criticism that are like deserved, but I think overall it's like an enjoyable movie experience. Of course. I think so. A couple of things are, are jumping out at me in my mind. For, I, I watched it like an hour and a half ago. It was very, it was very, very long. It was almost three hours long. Um, but it, you know, it, I guess it kind of had to be because the cast is huge. Yeah. Um, t- full of movie stars. Um, mm-hmm. just gorgeous, gorgeous yes, people. It's just and paperboy. This movie is just pretty aliens save the earth. That that's yeah. that's this movie. <laughs> um, I liked that. There was actually consequences and main characters died. I like that. That doesn't really happen in most Marvel movies. I like that. Two, the humor, I thought, actually worked most of the time when it feels like it's artificially injected in Mm -hmm. a lot of other Marvel movies, particularly Brian Tyree Henry and um, uh, Kumal Nanjiani. Uh, Those two are great. They're actually two of my favorite parts of the film. Uh, And the third is that it's like, look, we're watching a superhero movie. We're watching this movie about alien gods 
why shouldn't it be over the top and and, and ridiculous? Our our esteemed colleague Fernando Bowles, uh, in a indirect apologetic statement, I think towards uh, the Jar Jar Binks character, he said that uh, <laughs> he decided that he'd much rather be a champion of off the walls batshit craziness in super budget sci-fi as yeah. opposed to you know the typical cookie cutter shit and the more i thought about that particularly in line with this movie i think the more i agree this movie is just crazy like there's weird aliens everywhere like everyone has these crazy powers and like there's this insaneness happening like a giant being is crawling out of the earth like there's craziness going on yeah it's it's a, it's absurd it's like it's an epic, right? It's an epic yes. in in a lot of ways that a, a lot of other Marvel movies like pretend to be, whereas this one um, actually is. I think, and I think that comes down to, I think this is something we can talk about like maybe later, but I think it comes down to like having an actual director with an actual vision for what they want to do with the movie and like why they want to take specific characters and make a film about them and a specific topic. like. Chloe Zhao wanted to make an epic movie about space aliens saving the world. It wasn't, she's not just doing this for a check or to sign on to make three other eternal movies. You know, she's not just sitting there and taking direction from Kevin Feige about what needs to be included and when it needs to be included and which cameos need to be there. Like she just made the movie that she wanted to make. And I think that's pretty cool. And it's not really something that we see a lot from Marvel. So. Absolutely. I like, uh, I, I like as well. Um, of course they had to have these moments in there where they reference Thanos and the blip because how, how could they not, uh, without explaining why these super yeah. gods didn't intervene themselves. Um, but I think that started to, to, no, no, to no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that like inclusion of referencing Thanos, like it's not so much a, like a Marvel-y sort of thing. It very much so makes sense within the progression of the story. Yes, it is. It's, with a, these plot characters. Thing. it's yeah. a plot thing as opposed to a wink-wink audience thing. It, this exactly. is the first movie uh, since, I guess, Endgame where it's kind of felt like the reference was minimal and purposeful rather than here's abomination from <laughs> the ed norton hulk uh, or any shit like that you know yeah uh, so th so that was nice also no uh obnoxious out of place cameos from other characters yeah dr strange doesn't show up you know to right. to portal them from one place to right. another right right because it's not necessary for the plot like no, I, I think in, in this movie I think in this movie, like Chloe's vision come came first, and I think that's why. I think that's why a lot of the feedback for this as a Marvel movie was so negative because it it didn't fit into the safe, cookie cutter, um, as you know, sort of Marvel template. It was, I I truly think this director just she wanted to tell a certain story, and she decided to do that through the lens and with the backdrop of. Marvel characters because she thought that would be a cool way to explore some interesting ideas. Right. Absolutely. Um, what's, what's funny, um, about these cast of characters is like, I'm thinking about the, you know, their, their powers and their personalities and what, and whatnot. And like one of them is 
kind of just Quicksilver. Uh, yeah. Another it is Superman, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he is Superman. Um, another one can just... so Okay, so before I get further into it, <laughs> I, I think it's important to, to, to point these things out. Is yeah. that the Eternals, the, we're getting into spoiler territory here, so if you haven't mm-hmm. watched it, uh, just so you know. Uh, yeah. The Eternals are basically robots. <laughs> they're, they're like space alien robots that were built... Space alien god robots. Yeah. And they were built by a giant god celestial being. (laughs) A Uh, mega god. A mega god. This mega god made these, not demigods, but like robot gods. Robot gods, yes. Uh, And the reason he made them was so that they could go to planets and ensure that a civilization on a planet prospers enough that the planet eventually has a big enough population so that another giant celestial god <laughs> can explode out of the planet and be born. And this is the natural order of things. This is the cycle of life in the universe. Uh, Earth was created however many years ago so that giant space robot god could put his seed in it so that way in the year 2021 it could birth out of the Earth. That is the plot of this movie. Um, and that's fucking crazy. I understand that's this absurd. was comic first, but the fact that this was made into a movie, it's just insane to me. Uh, we see a giant hand come out of the Indian Ocean. And the top of a head. Yeah, it's insane to me. But, like, that is the scene in this movie. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. Endgame is like, oh, the fate of the universe is at stake. The Avengers have to fight, fight Thanos. But they're just like fighting up in Yonkers or something. (laughs) Like here, like this thing is crawling out of the earth. Like this is great. Like this actually feels like a global threat. Okay, whatever. Um, So that said, it it was interesting to me that giant robot God gave his army of Eternals all these specific powers. Like one of them is, is just a kid uh, for some reason. (laughs) One of them is mute. I'm not sure why. Uh, but whatever. Um, so she can be fast. Right. She's fast, but she's mute. Yeah. Uh, Brian Tyree Because if you Henry, talk, it slows you down. That's right. That's right. No time to talk. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry can, like, invent and create anything and build things with his magic. Yeah. He's the science guy. He's the science guy. He's Bill Nye. Uh, yes. <laughs> Kamal Nunjiani. He's uh, the finger guns guy. The Bollywood <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, Angelina Jolie. It's just Angelina Jolie, but with a sword and a shield. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Uh, Richard Madden is Superman. Mm-hmm. But Scottish? Uh, huh? He's Superman, but Scottish. Yeah, Scottish man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scottish man. Uh, Salma Hayek uh, is Wolverine without the claws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Gemma Chan as Cersei can turn things into other things. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh Ma Dong Suk from Train to Busan. Dude, I love that guy. John Lee, as he's now American. Yeah. Name. Uh he's great. I okay, so he's one of the casualties of the movie. I was upset about that because I love him. Yeah. He's great. That dude is rad in everything. He should be in like every action movie. Just yeah, fucking awesome. shit up. He's got a great personality. What's funny is he's funny. Uh he's yeah. a big he's a big hulking brolic Asian man. Uh, who's funny? That's fantastic. Put Don yeah. Lee in more shit, please. 
Um, he's he's perfect for for these kinds of like action movies. He just yeah. he plays the same role that he does in in Train to Busan. Like we just need a big dude who will just absolutely wreck someone's shit. Yeah, and that's his and that's power. all he does. He just yeah. is strong and wreck shit. That's pretty much. Yeah. His power. <laughs> um, Barry Keoghan, who I really like, uh, he was in uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Chernobyl. Yes, uh, this is probably his his biggest role in terms Dunkirk. of publicity. He's in Dunkirk. That's right. He was in Dunkirk. Uh, be useful, sir. He's he plays someone who can control anyone except when it's not convenient to the plot. But whatever, who cares? Richard Madden yeah. strong. Um, well, no, no, he can't control the other robots, the other robot gods, the other alien robot gods. But he can control people. He can, but couldn't he control Angelina Jolie? Um, he, he could, he could like half control her. Right. Right. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um, so anyways, it's a wide array of characters with a, with a wide array of powers. Um, and there you go. And the world is ending and they have to stop it. Boom. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. That's it. I think I hit all of them. Pretty that's, sure that's pretty it. much it. There's a, yeah, they, they're sent to earth to protect earth from, from bad guys. But then they realize that the real bad guy is their boss. Right. What what a surprise. Um yeah. <laughs> I will Wild say twist. uh so initially I I want to preface this. I don't think this mm-hmm. is a great movie by any means. Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty okay. I think it's entertaining mm-hmm. uh for a lot of reasons that a typical superhero movie isn't. Mm-hmm. Um I'm very I'm very interested in how they basically they're like here are a bunch of great actors and unique actors with all different mm-hmm. types of charisma and humor uh let's put them all in a bunch of scenes together and it's a superhero movie uh i like that i like actors who have a personality i like these superheroes that are weird and quirky uh and funny genuinely without slapstick one-liners because it's a marvel movie like these actors are funny they don't have Mm -hmm. funny lines they're just funny actors um they play funny characters right like it makes it makes sense you know within the construct of the story for for them to be funny when they're funny right exactly um so that said as as i said before i do i think i think that this movie gets a surprising Maybe some would argue uh, undeserved leg up from my perspective, simply because I went into it expecting another Marvel movie, and I was pleasantly surprised that it was something different. Um, and so I enjoyed simply seeing how it was different, quality aside. I, I think that's the perfect way to put it. Um, I think a lot of what's enjoyable about this movie is, is like you said, it's something that's different. I think, like anyone who who like listens to us and you know i I say this all the time but like the biggest thing for me is is like the effort that a director puts in having like a certain vision and just trying to go out and see that vision through in a movie um and this movie is like really refreshing as a marvel movie because it actually does that and although it's not perfect in its execution of how all of those things play out how all those ideas are explored how all those characters develop the fact that there's that there is a marvel movie like this that exists where someone could just make the movie that they want to make is cool to me 
and that is that's enough for me to enjoy it because we do see so much marvel content and like it's hard to escape it as much as we poo poo it you know it's it it's everywhere and like you're gonna see three marvel movies a year and most of the time it's just gonna be like lazy boring crap um but every once in a while not even every once in a while like it's movies like this are far and few between in terms of the marvel universe where there's like an actual there's an actual vision that an actual director has and they try to they try to make that movie and that's admirable because that's what move that's what movies should be they shouldn't just be uh an excuse to sell more tickets to the next thing that's coming or to make you tune into the next Disney Plus show because you need to see the cameo in that that's then going to tie into the next movie. That's not exciting. That's not that's not fun. That's not what makes consuming media and art. That's not what makes it enjoyable. It's it's about like learning about what makes us tick as humans, about like about things like that, about exploring our emotions. Precisely. And the fact that this movie attempts even attempts to do that is more than we see in, in most other Marvel movies. Here, here's the thing. This is what is so weird to me about this film. As we said, it is a movie about space god superhero alien robots. And ultimately, it's a movie that asks questions about humanity and our nature and our purpose and fitting in and living a life and discovering things that are worth living for yeah, uh, it's about and, our like our living out our destinies if we should um you know if you're if you're a person of faith do you just blindly accept your faith or do you challenge it because of an internal like morality struggle that you have based on your lived experiences like that's not shit that's explored in other marvel movies and no, we should not. we should celebrate that like that's what movies should be about even if they're not as as great as the greatest movies of all time, like we should still aim to make movies like that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I just think it's so, the reason I'll, I'll, I'll champion these aspects about it is because like, whether it's able to answer these questions or not, I don't think a film has to necessarily answer any questions that it raises, but I think it's genuinely interested in, what it means to like exist right we're our main characters are these immortal gods uh and they're living amongst people and you know in typical superman story fashion it's like they learn to appreciate humanity because of their flaws because Mm -hmm. they're not indefinite and infinite because humanity inherently has a beginning Right, exactly. Uh, they are protecting that which is not eternal. Humanity exactly. is beautiful because it's not eternal. Because each of us will eventually die, and because our purpose, our programming, is mm. what we decide it to be. We choose in our own lives the things that give us purpose. Much how the Eternals themselves learn to do. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that that was some deep shit. Um like even though people individual people are not eternal, I think 
maybe what part of what this movie wants to get at is that like the humanity that lives in each of us, the things that make us human is eternal. And we see that through these people through, well, not people through these space robots. (laughs) And we see, we see that through their experiences that they have with people literally across millennia. Like it's, it's a, it's a wild concept and it's just, it's not something that, um, that we see often. And I, like, I think poo-pooing something like this, um, it puts us in a bad situation as a society, as it relates to like the kind of art that is able to get made. Absolutely. And I mean, take for instance, take for instance, uh, Harish Patel's character, Karun, uh, mm-hmm. the valet, uh, Kamal Nongiani's valet. Um, in any other Marvel movie, he'd just be the comic relief. Yes, he is one of the comic relief characters in this movie, but his character has a function and a purpose towards the point of the film. He represents yeah. humanity. Most of his lines, when they aren't comedic, are meant to represent humanity. He, you know, when... When uh, Richard Madden's character is talking about how terrible humans are and how, like, are they really worth saving? Think about the horrible genocide of our past. Mm -hmm. His character, Karun, he says something along the lines of, like, well, you know, let us live. Let us learn from our mistakes. Mm. Um, And I just I think that's so lovely. It's so simple. It's so true. What is, what is, and it made, it made me think about today, like human, the human race has grown a lot. Ultimately, there are still a lot of bad people in the world. There's still a lot of bad systems in the world. There's still a lot of terrible oppression in the world, but overall, even if some people feign it, we are trying to do better. We are trying to be better. And that is worth celebrating. (laughs) Yeah. It's worth celebrating. It's worth saving. And I think like at the end of the day, that's what this movie is about. I think that this movie is truly a celebration of like what is so beautiful about uh, human life on this earth as it has existed for, you know, the last several thousand to hundreds of thousands of years or however long. I don't know. I don't read history books, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a celebration of, of that of how like of how amazing people can be to each other despite all of the hard shit that we see and the the eternals themselves like the space aliens are are there to help us save that and to help us realize like why it is worth saving absolutely and i mean you know take take for instance um uh the druid character Barry Barry Kilgan's character uh mm-hmm. he can and at times stops violence. He controls people to prevent violence. But he himself, in his little character arc, ultimately realizes that doesn't help us because it's artificial. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to learn from our own mistakes. You know, obviously not to imply that we should allow terrible things to happen. <laughs> but as, all as a learning experience, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately. It's like controlling people and, you know, a lot of superhero movies do this about like free mm-hmm. will and being forced against our will to live in a peaceful society if we're ruled, whatever. Uh, 
ultimately the good of people is not forced upon us. It's there when we have the choice to do it and we make the choice to do it. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the whole arc of, uh, of Icarus's character, but in, in the reverse sense, like he finds out at the end. So that's, that's the big surprise is that boom, the, the lead, the most powerful eternal, the lead eternal Mm -hmm. is now the bad guy. Uh, uh oh, uh of the movie. He's the bad guy. Uh, uh, because he knew all along that they were there so Earth could be destroyed to bird this eternal, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, his demise is actually one of my favorite. Uh, I, I guess you could call him a villain. I guess he is the villain of the film. Uh, mm-hmm. uh ultimate, uh, what's the word? Um, fucking. Yeah, you know. Jesus Christ. Why can't I think of the goddamn word? He's uh, not Jesus Christ. He's more Superman, but That's true. That's true. Well, they're yeah. all Jesus in in their yeah. own way. They're all Jesus. Well, was Jesus a robot? That's yeah, that was my thought. Well, it's funny because like early on in the film it's like, "Oh, Icarus flew too close to the sun." It's like, "Oh, did you you make that up?" Yeah, it's a story I I told. I told people about yeah. that. It's like, "Oh, told yeah, our history is based on these Greece. people." Yeah. Um but when he realizes that he's Essentially, let's consider them all a family. He's killed his family member, Salma Hayek. Mm-hmm. He's killed his mommy. Him. He killed his mommy. Uh, and he realizes <laughs> there's no redemption for that. There's no redemption for the acts he's committed. Um, no. And what he does is he apologizes to Cersei. Not only does he remove himself from Earth, he kills himself. He, he fucking flies himself into the sun. <laughs> he flies into the fucking sun. It's funny because the second he flew into space... It. I was like, oh, is he just going to fly to some other planet? We'll see him in Eternals too. It's like, no, he flies into the fucking sun. <laughs> Straight into it. Um, it was amazing. Not it's because a great ending him, for him flying into the sun is amazing, but I was like, oh, what that represents for the character is amazing. Is It's just like, I can't like, there's no point in me being in prison. I know what I've done is wrong. I'm the super God. I just need to not, I, I need to not exist anymore. Everyone is better off if I'm gone. Remove myself from the situation. Yeah, I I love that. I think that's a great um, ending for a villain. What, like, while you're talking about the the characters and and some of their arcs and stuff, I feel like another big criticism is that there are too many characters, and because we haven't had the space in 15 movies to get to know them, um, it's hard to it's hard to care about them. Uh, But like. And again, I think this goes back to like how Marvel has just messed up our brains in terms of how we consume movies, (laughs) because typically in a movie, you only get one movie to understand characters and they're, um, wait for it, the buzzword, there are scenes that happen that give us insight into those characters and help them develop along in the story to get to the point at the end where they, where they ultimately need to end up, um, but I was curious, like, if you thought that there were too many characters, um, or if you thought that we needed more time to spend with them to get to know them a little bit better. Do you think there should have been three Eternal movies before this, or like an Eternals TV show before we got to this movie? Because I personally thought that the way that everyone's story was kind of balanced, like, yeah, we don't get all of the depth that that we might want, but we do get enough of it to understand who these characters are and you know what their what their motivations are and kind of what makes them tick um i thought there was enough of that but i was curious to to hear what 
So in a movie like this, where it's so character heavy, it's an ensemble piece, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, What's important in terms of character? Like, I guess from like an actor's standpoint, when you think about creating a character, you can't play character, but you can play action. So a Mm -hmm. character like becomes three-dimensional when their wants and desires are at the forefront and wants Mm -hmm. and desires for a character relate to other people, to other characters. So I think the reason that this film succeeds is because of relationship and personality between these characters. We get it. They all know each other. They've known each other Mm -hmm. thousands of years. They have a shorthand with each other. They all have their unique personalities and they all have their unique perspectives and desired outcomes in the scenario they're in. Would it have, would it be more cinematic and, you know, a greater film would have a smaller cast and more and longer scenes for each character? Sure. But given what this movie sets out to do with the large cast of characters, as you said, we learn all that we need to, to get over the finish line in terms of each of them what they're about, why they're there, and what their function is regarding the plot of the film. I think it's, it, I think it's yeah. sufficient. I won't say it's great, but I do think it's sufficient. It's sufficient. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I 100% agree. I just thought that that criticism was like interesting. I'll, I'll say, um, because that's just for me. That's not, that's not how I watch movies. I don't, you know, I don't need to watch, you know, uh, a There Will Be Blood prequel to to know you know why daniel plainview is the way that he is we're we're given everything within within that story to understand who he is as it relates to the rest of that story that's being built um it like you said it's tougher in an ensemble movie because there are so many different folks that you need to give time to and because there's the time is being spread so thin there's only so much that you can do in that finite amount of time um but i think like all that considered, this does a, a pretty good job of giving us an indication uh, of who each character is um, and the way that it makes sense around like the story that that's being told. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think it is impressive how pretty much all of them have something going on, especially mm-hmm. in relation to one another and in the overall plot. Like you have you have the 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 love dynamic between Cersei and Icarus. You yeah. you have how that uh, puts a strain on him, given what he feels his purpose is in terms of the birthing of the Celestial and where his loyalties then lie in that regard. You then yeah. have the mini love triangle with Sprite, who her whole character is she loves him, but as an Eternal, she's forever a child. You yeah. have um fucking uh Faustus, whatever his name is the, the mechanic is that, uh brian is that tyree. Paperboy? yeah that's paperboy brian tyree henry is Faustus, uh the mechanic mm-hmm. he actually has a family on earth yeah. oh yeah. and he happens to be gay but who cares it's he's just a gay guy who gives a fuck yeah. they don't make a big deal out of it he just has no. a family and he's gay whatever that's how it should just be a, yeah just a gay guy um you have that going on with him uh, you have, you know, Druig's whole thing about perspective on the human race and what he feels his responsibility is 
and how yeah. that contests with his power. You have the Don Lee Angelina Jolie relationship going on where his responsibility mm-hmm. is to care for her where she can't care for herself. Um, I just think everyone has as, like, enough. The, as the mother figure, like right. they're, they're dynamic to each other. Their dynamic to each other could could have maybe used a little bit more, but I think there's enough of the like intergroup dynamic to work with like Cersei and and Icarus because they are like the the kind of core and the anchor that holds everything together. But then like all the other characters, like like you've kind of laid out, like they all have these internal struggles that represent different themes and ideas that are being explored in this movie. So like we get why you know why Fastos you know um chooses to go and just like live a life where he can care for actual people that he loves in in, a, in his family or like the internal struggle that druig has with um you know wanting to 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 push the the human race to to a point that he thinks is is more uh you know respectable for for how we go about living our day-to-day lives and like all of those struggles are are are, are highlighted uh, enough for us to to get why everything goes to the climax that that it does like nothing is just there nothing's there at a place right um, even whether even, it be the in- intergroup dynamics or their their relationship to the world at large exactly even even kumal nunjiani kingo the character kingo mm-hmm. In any other Marvel movie, he'd just be, you know, the the comic relief superhero sidekick. Um, but even his character contributes something interesting. He's obviously one of the Eternals, and he's helping them try to stop this. But he questions if what they're doing is right. He's like, this is the natural order of the universe. This is how it's always been. Like, I don't think we're right in stopping this, but I'm going to help you. Yeah. Like even he, that's he has a le- he has a legit internal struggle that forces him to like remove himself from the situation, which is a wild concept. Like he doesn't he doesn't go either way. He's so torn up inside about this about like fulfilling the destiny of what they you know were put on this specific earth to do, but also he's confused about how that like what that means for the relationships uh, that he's built with the human race and like that's a really interesting concept that that someone can can be so confused about their internal struggle that they just have to like remove themselves fully from a situation yeah absolutely and you know even even the other characters even by the end of it even cersei herself she's questioning if what she did was right mm-hmm. um and what's in, you know what's interesting about the ending and of course it's like okay it, it has to end on a cliffhanger there will be an eternals too it's yeah. leading up to whatever conflict is coming. What's mm-hmm. amazing is that this movie ends with a giant space god coming <laughs> next to Earth and abducting the Eternals that are on there. And then he just disappears through a giant uh, portal or wormhole. It's like, I'll, what you did, I'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see if it was worth it. I'm going to return for judgment. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's crazy that like, that's the fucking ending is like, oh, they can't, <laughs> they can't stop this thing. Uh, but it's just like, so okay, just well, you did this. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> you did this thing. It is, it is a pretty batshit insane, just like idea for a movie. Um, and the, like Chloe just ran with it. She, 
had this insane idea. She was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. And she went. And I think, like, I think what's really cool about this movie is that it seems like, yes, like, this is to sell tickets to other Marvel movies and and things like that. But I I think at the end of the day, like, it it just, it, it ran with an idea. And Chloe, I don't think Chloe really cared, like, what people thought. I think that's how filmmakers should make movies. They should want to make something that they think is cool and just run with it. And if people, you know, want to get on board, they can, but they don't have to. Uh, and I just think that's rad. I think that's really just a, a, I think that's the, I think that's the best way to make movies. Um, I, no, I, I completely agree with you. I would rather something be weird and mm-hmm. unique with its own voice and vision and kind of be something I'd never seen before and it like stumbles across the finish line as opposed to something, you know, playing it safe. It's the Zack Snyder effect. You know, like you might not agree. I might not agree with, with what the dude is going for, but at least he's going for something, you know? Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my main takeaway from, from this movie um, is that, we went for something and while I, I don't agree with every directorial choice that, that was made, um, you know, I, I still admire it. Um, but it is also cool to like, to see a Marvel movie that like shoots on location and like uses natural lighting to light a scene and isn't just, uh, you know, people, a bunch of people standing in front of a green screen, you know, reading lines to, to other people who aren't there. like. You can feel that. You can sense that when you're in the theater. Like, oh, they went to uh, they went to a location. They went to a specific place on the Earth, and Chloe decided to shoot this scene during the golden hour because that's when you're going to get the best shot for for this scene, as opposed to just oh, we'll do it all in post. Like that makes a difference in how we experience movies, um, and yeah, that should be yeah, that should be that should be the end goal. That should be what we're, what we're striving for. I think we've talked about this. I think we've talked about that previously is that even if you don't realize it, an actor actually being next to a house in a field impacts the performance. It impacts <laughs> the framing. It impacts all these things you don't realize. Whether yeah. they don't realize it, we don't realize it watching it, when- it affects the product. When Salma Hayek delivers the line about Thanos, the fact that they're outside on an actual ranch in the middle of nowhere, America, and there's like a a slight breeze on her face as she's delivering the line, that that has an actual effect in terms of how we read and, and digest and feel that scene. Like, yeah, it's silly that she's talking about how people were blipped away by Thanos, but it's made less silly because they're actually on location in a real physical place with, with other real physical people talking about something. Right. Uh, and a scene that is actually about something that has yeah. a purpose that has relation to all the other scenes around it. Yeah. It's a novel. It, it's a novel idea. It's a wild concept. <laughs> it's extraordinary. What um, did you think of uh, before? Yeah. I think we're, we're getting close to wrapping up. Uh, 
I, I feel like I have to ask this. Yes. But what did you think of the uh, the Hiroshima scene? Because I oh. feel like that was another thing that would <laughs> that got a lot, that got a lot of bad bad uh, um, bad reaction. I okay. I, that's that's <laughs> a tr- that's a tricky one. Um, I think that. I think that it's a little ridiculous, <laughs> um, perhaps insensitive, mm-hmm. but you know, I understood what they're going for. I understand the point. That's that scene is there to contextualize Fastus's character as an engineer, mm-hmm. as someone who's helped the human race along in a direction towards evolution and mechanical mm-hmm. advancement that yeah. this is what they've ended up with. The fact that he's like this horrible moment happened and i'm either directly or indirectly a part of it maybe i could have prevented it maybe i was the cause of it and the reason i think the scene is okay is because it's what changes his character and ultimately puts him on the course he's on throughout the film and why he ends up getting a family and why he has these perspectives that he now does i think it's the hiroshima scene is a little grand and maybe a little ridiculous and eye-rolly, but yeah. it's there for a reason and its purpose, it, I think, is yeah. clear. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, I, I, I feel the same way. It, 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 it did feel like maybe we could have picked another scenario for this, but within the context of the movie, like both for that character and um, I think just like the story that it's telling about uh like the history and like the timeline of the human race that that is like a very specific inflection point in our advancement as humans um and like his reaction to it is kind of how just the human race reacted of like oh like we thought that all of our technological advances would only be for good but it can also cause this insane horror that we've never experienced before. Maybe we should rethink what we're doing with this stuff. Um, and I, th- I think within the context of the movie, um, I think it does serve a very specific purpose. I don't think it's just there to be like, hey, uh, here's a grotesque scene of the aftermath of a nuclear bomb dropping. Like it actually does serve a purpose. Um, it's a little hard to get there to like meet meet chloe at at the point where she wants us to meet her uh but i get why she did it i i think what's when now that we're talking about that scene i think what's so interesting to me and you think about american cinema and what mm-hmm. they're willing to reference in our history and how they're willing to contextualize it that's that's a tragedy that we imparted mm-hmm. in hiroshima like we were responsible for that and this film is referencing that you because it's not it's not something that happened to us you bet your ass there will never be a scene in a marvel film where the avengers juggle the consequences responsibility of perhaps going back in time and preventing 9-11 from happening for yeah instance. there will yeah. never be something like that no. it's just, i think it's just interesting to think about what hollywood is willing to reference in a superhero movie yeah and like what they're not you know yeah i think even even referencing hiroshima is like as far as the limit will will go but like 
I mean, this is probably a conversation for another day, but just like what World War Two meant in terms of like, in terms of what human beings are, are capable of and like the the evil um, that we are capable of if we're if we're not uh, if we're not totally regulating ourselves in terms of like what we are able to do. Um, it's kind of like the whole question of like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Uh, like I, I think a lot of the art that came post world war two is about that. Uh, like if you're someone who's into art history, like postmodernism, like that's like the main question behind a lot of it. Like, Oh shit. Like we used all of these like great advances to do the most horrific things possible. Maybe we, we should rethink you know, how we're, how we're applying stuff. Um, I think it makes, it makes sense within this movie though, because, especially because of like all the other history points and like points in time that we see the Eternals in previous to that. Um, like she's very much so, Chloe's very much so building up to that specific moment um, to mean something in this story. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, dude, was ahead of the curve. You were so concerned with whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. What's what's that from? Oh, that's uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. This is essentially that's essentially just Jurassic Park. Yeah, but with with Paperboy, right? Um, <laughs> but it's the same. It's the same concept in the uh, in the scene with with the conquistadors. Like, you know, like it's the same same sort of. That was a moment in time where technology got to the point where. Oh, like colonialism could happen, but should it have happened? Um, and then tying it back to the Eternals and like Druig's whole internal struggle of like, well, like if I see this thing happening, should I stop it or should I just allow it to play out so that people can learn from this and never let it happen again? But obviously he was wrong because, you know, fast forward uh, however many hundreds of years to the end of World War II and it's like, it's still happening. So, right. you know. <laughs> It's what like another, do? it's another variation of the trolley problem. It's like, yeah. here comes a trolley. It's, there's 10 people tied to the track. You can press a button to put the trolley on another track, but there's one person tied to that track. What do you do? And it's like, there is no solution to that problem. There no. is no right answer. Uh, there is no wrong answer. You stand by and do nothing. 10 people die or you do something and somebody else dies. Yeah. There's no actively taking another life. Yeah. Right. There's no solution to the trolley problem. Uh, And that's what Eternals is about. (laughs) Eternals is one big trolley problem with space robot aliens and a giant giant being that explodes through the center of the earth. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Extraordinary. That's a tall task. Uh, it is indeed. Yeah. Um, also, I'm, I'm like, here for it. if that thing was at the center of the earth and it came up enough for its head and hand to come out of the Indian ocean, like wouldn't the earth have just split in half, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, pro- probably, but I'm, I'm not a physicist. Exactly. Well, <laughs> being not a physicist, Raph, what is your ultimate score Yo. of this film? And would you recommend it? Uh, my ultimate score of this film, um, I think upon rewatch, I would maybe score it a little bit higher. Um, but when I first saw it, 
I uh, I gave it three stars out of five. Um, I really admire the uh, the aspirations of this movie. Um, and as you know, that's my biggest thing. So that always gives it a leg up. Um, I think if I were to rewatch it, I might give it three and a half stars. Just maybe if I'm able to pick up on some other things that I maybe didn't notice the, the first time around. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I really think, and I, I think this is along the lines of what I wrote in my letterbox review, but this is a, it's a like, it's a global um, time hopping sort of celebration of humanity. Um, and I, I think that that's really cool. And I love how it kind of takes the history of mankind and like this might be a controversial thing, but you know, hopefully not. Um, I I like that it that it doesn't take the central focus of like human history and make it Eurocentric. Like everywhere that we go back in time, it's like the Middle East or East Asia or South America, things like that. Like I think that's a very purposeful thing. I think Chloe is truly trying to celebrate um, a, a, a human. Um, you know, a, a human society that that sees and celebrates all people from all times, um, even like in the cast, like, you know, the cast is super diverse. And that's, that's not by mistake. Um, and I just think that all of that is like, super admirable. Um, as a as a movie, like filmmaking, technique wise, I think there are some things that I don't totally agree with, in terms of like how the story plays out. And things like that so that's why it's not like a four out of five um but but i think like what we set out to do in this movie is is enough to to enjoy it and make it something that that all people should see um even if that's you know that's not what you're looking for going into it i think that's what we can take away from it so i would definitely recommend it very very nicely said uh way Thanks, better sorry. than what i'm about to say although i yeah, echo say, your sentiments say it bro uh, just say I too, I too gave it a three out of five stars. Uh, yeah. I would recommend it. And this is what I wrote in my letterbox review. Ridiculous, nonsensical, messy, <laughs> yet still interesting. Imagine Marvel making something that's half unique. It's not a great film, but simply by being different, it's more entertaining than most of the rest. That's perfectly said. That's pretty much how I feel about it. And as a result, I would recommend it. Certainly would. Hell yeah. Big recommend. Yeah. From us. Imagine nice. recommending a Marvel movie these days. Like genuinely. Yeah. Like, yeah, just yeah, watch it, I guess. Yeah. And you don't have to watch anything else. In the Right? Yeah. I think that's the biggest recommend is like, okay, would you recommend a Marvel movie to someone who is not necessarily a Marvel fan? And for me, this movie is a hundred percent yeah. Like you can go into this not knowing anything about the universe, the Marvel universe. And you can you can find some cool stuff uh, in it. Absolutely, I totally I petered out at the end of that. <laughs> no, I know I know exactly what you mean. Uh, uh, imagine a, a Marvel episode where we're positive about it and ending on a positive note. Unheard of. Yeah. Draft. Who the Yo, hell are you, and where can your positive Marvel reviews be found? Dude, I am the hell at Raf Stitt. All one word: R A F S T I T T. I can be found uh, with those handles on Twitter and Instagram, giving positive Marvel reviews to everything except for Spider-Man No Way Homecoming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michael, who the hell are you? 
dude the hell i am i am <laughs> i'm mike i can be found on instagram at michael underscore romeo underscore roco underscore michael romeo roco r-u-o-c-c-o underscores in between the names and at the end you can find me on the instas posting memes that aren't mine you can also find me on letterbox at michael underscore roco r-u-o-c-c-o that's where i can be found and you can find both raf and myself as the pod straight to dvd at straight to dvd pod that's the number two straight to dvd pod on instagram twitter and wherever you find your podcasts very nice very nice what a, what a borat was in this i was <laughs> about to say when is sasha baron cohen gonna be in the mcu he will be eventually i think so he'd be a good uh he'd be a good doom i feel like we've talked about this before whoa that would be maybe, so crazy maybe that was a text but he would be a good doom that would be wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm here for it. And the rock as the thing, because he's a rock. That, yes. Don't, yeah, don't put, just use his voice. Don't put him on set. Don't. I was thinking you just use him as a person. No CGI, no makeup. It's just Dwayne the Rock Johnson oh, dude. as the thing, but he's just himself. How amazing would it massive. be if it's just some other actor as Ben Grimm? And then when the space form hits them, he just turns into Dwayne Johnson. It's Kevin. It's Kevin Hart, and then he turns into the Rock. And that's it. It's just the Rock now. Kevin Hart just turns into the Rock. That's... And they're like Ben. What happened to you? I don't know, but you better slow your roll and shut your damn mouth. <laughs> Do you smell what the thing is cooking? It's whipping some candy-ass time. It writes itself. I should have put this at the front of the episode. Damn. Get Kevin on the line, dude. Dude, this is this is the funniest bit of content that we've done in a while. I, I agree. At least to me. Yeah, without question. Yeah, we can we can slice this out and put it on the yeah. on the hints. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, my dude. What a pleasure. All right, man. Check out Eternals. It's on Disney+. Yeah. I'll see you for the next Marvel movie. I know you will. Yeah. All right, man. Later. Later.